The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Hey, Buffalo Bills fans, welcome back. It's Matt Warren, Editor-in-Chief at BuffaloRumblings.com. We've got another Bills question and answer episode for you today here at Rumblings Q&A. You can follow us on Twitter at Rumblings Q&A by spelling the word and out in the middle of it. You can send us messages on Instagram using Buffalo Rumblings, Facebook, Buffalo Rumblings, Twitter. You can send us comments in the comment section at BuffaloRumblings.com. Email works at buffalorumblings at sbnation.com. And of course, as always, the audio is the best way to get in touch with us. 716-508-0405. And you can use that number to send us a text message as well. After last week's Ask Me Anything episode to get us through the dark period in the Bills timeline, we are back at it with Bills questions this week. We're focusing a lot on the defense this week as we get closer to training camp. So get your questions in for next week's episode. Let's get to it. This week's question I'm getting a lot has to do with mainly where I'm from. I live in Leroy, work in a suburb of Rochester, New York. And so a lot of people have been talking about Bill's training camp, possibly not being in St. John Fisher in Pittsburgh, on the east side of Rochester anymore. And I think that's a legitimate concern. The Bills are having their fewest number of practices ever at St. John Fisher since the agreement came into place in 2000. As is aware uh, around the NFL, more and more teams aren't going to uh, a remote location uh, like a college campus to do training camp anymore. Uh, they're building these massive training facilities next to their stadiums and why would you take your players away from that awesome training facility uh, just to go somewhere else and bond and things like that? Um, I do think the Bills are committed to St. John Fisher for right now, but there are legitimate concerns about keeping it at Fisher that even go beyond you know, the multi-million dollar training facility they just built in Orchard Park. The biggest problem with St. John Fisher are the practice fields. Back in the day, the Bills had one turf field and one grass field, and they would move back and forth between the two um, when Chan Gailey was coach and even Dick Duran. All the way back in the day, they would have most of their practices on the turf field. And on the turf field at St. John Fisher, there's 
bleachers all the way around it. So you would have the, uh, the hospitality tent on one side with all the VIPs. And on the other side would be the fans sitting in the bleachers. And then they started moving more toward the grass field. There were bleachers put out there as well, but it was only on one side and it was only one field. But now the science and the training staff all want everything to take place on grass fields. So a couple of years ago, the Bills added another grass field, but unfortunately they couldn't add bleachers over there. So you can't see practice over on the second grass field unless you have a press pass. And even over there with the press pass, there's only enough room for like you to stand up against the fence and watch practice. And that's about it. There wouldn't be a place for them to add that. And it's tight over there. And so you usually see the defense go over there or even the offense go over there. And then you can't see half the team during most of the practice, which annoys a lot of the fans. So there are really big problems with St. John Fisher. While I love everything about the ambiance there and the way that fans can interact with the players, I don't think it's going to last for very much longer. And the Bills are going to have to do some renovations at Orchard Park in order to make that happen. But I would anticipate that happening within the next two or three years, maybe even around the same time as a new stadium announcement happens, especially if it's going to be if that new stadium is going to be in Orchard Park. Hey, Matt, this is Nate from the Circling the Wagons podcast. My question is about the big nickel role in the Bills' defense. Um, it's been stated by media this offseason that Sierra Neal will take this role, yet I've seen video clips of Matt Milano really excelling in coverage against large receivers like Rob Gronkowski and Adam Thielen of the Vikings, two of the best taller receivers in the slot, um, the kind of guys that Big Nickel should be covering. And I've also read that Matt Milano has the third lowest passer rating against him in 2018 when quarterbacks pass his direction, according to Pro Football Focus. So my question is, why not use Milano as the Big Nickel and put in another linebacker for his weak side role on obvious passing downs. I mean, if the Bills are trying to find another Shaq Thompson, Milano's physical traits appear to match Thompson's more closely than uh, Sierra Neal's. So thanks, and go Bills. Hey, Nate. Thanks for calling in and leaving us your question this week. On his Circling the Wagons podcast, which you can also find on the Buffalo Rumblings feed, in your podcast listener app. He has a nice conversation with defensive end Mike Love this week about his journey through training camp last year um, as a rookie coming in as an undrafted player. Uh, The day he was cut, when he was put on the practice squad, and ultimately his first game as a member of the Buffalo Bills, which came later in the 2018 season. It's a really great look and uh, a nice kind of pull-back-the-curtain interview with Mike Love from Nate, so you should uh, check that out for sure. To answer your question about the Big Nickel, let's kind of take a bigger step back, no pun intended, and talk about what Big Nickel is. Uh, Most NFL teams play Nickel as their base base defense, meaning they have an extra quote-unquote defensive back on the field uh, to play against the pass most of the time. So you'll see um, four three or four defensive linemen, three or two linebackers 
with an extra defensive back in. That's what the nickel is, five defensive backs. A nickel is five cents. You get the point. And normally in the nickel, you get your nickel cornerback in. So he's the guy that can come in and handle the shiftier receivers on the inside who don't, who can't get pressed and can move off the line and, and try to find space underneath uh, your guys like Roscoe Parrish or whoever back in the day. And that's typically been like your third wide receiver is matched up against your nickel defensive back. But Sean McDermott loves to run what's called the big nickel. In the big nickel, instead of having three cornerbacks and two safeties, you actually bring in an extra safety. He's a guy that can play a little bit of cornerback, play a little bit of safety, um, maybe even come down and, and tackle inside the box like a strong safety. And uh, he, he can kind of be very versatile because NFL defenses are, are running more out of three wide receiver sets and um, you know single back setups and, and things like that. So bringing in that big nickel guy can really give you a lot of options and versatility. In 2018, the Bills used safety Raphael Bush in that role, and that was mainly after they had injuries to Taron Johnson, their regular nickel cornerback. Bush came in, played admirably, um, played very well, actually. Um, but, I mean, he isn't going to be a dynamic game changer or something like that. So they've been working Neil into that position and hoping that he can kind of break out in his second season as an NFL player. That's all been this offseason. And, again, it's it's all been in minicamp, so it's kind of hard to see how he's you know filling and hitting in the run game, things like that. But... Your question was about using Matt Milano in that role. Milano is a very, very good uh, pass-defending linebacker. He's good at getting out into space, specifically into the flats, and covering um, covering running backs coming out of the backfield, even um, slot receivers and tight ends in the short zone. And so I really like him in that role. I also like him filling in the run game. That's kind of where I want to keep him. Um, you had mentioned uh, a player from the Carolina Panthers, who was brought in when McDermott was down in Carolina. He was drafted. Uh, he played safety in college, but plays linebacker in the NFL. That's another reason to have him as kind of that big nickel. He's kind of an in-between size and, and versatility guy. He can go between linebacker and safety a little bit because he has that experience playing safety. So I think he really lends himself to that. But even the Carolina Panthers, who love using that big nickel with Ron Rivera, you know, they're going to have him taking over as a, a linebacker for the most part. And they're going to play him on the inside of their 3-4 defense. They're going to play him on the outside of their 4-3 defense. And will he probably drop back into a little bit more pass coverage than a normal linebacker would? Yeah. But you also need to have somebody kind of over the top that can deal with those, those slot receivers. Milano can't deal with the slot receivers. He's not quick enough to stay with them on a consistent basis. He's not fast enough to stay with them down the field. So he would be a liability in that type of coverage. But if you put a guy, say, three or four yards behind him, that's a little bit quicker and uh, has a little bit better foot speed, but maybe isn't as good at tackling or diagnosing a play, things like that, then then I think it'll be a little bit better off with you know a different big nickel type of player. You've got Bush at 203 pounds. You've got Neal at 206 pounds. They can just get down and and maybe make some more hits, but they also have a little bit better foot speed as opposed to Milano, who is listed at 223 pounds and just is a little bit bigger guy. Same thing with Thompson. He's, I think, 230. So 
a little bit more of the run filler can cover tight end guy as opposed to cover the slot receiver kind of guy. So it'll be interesting to see kind of where the Bills go with this. I think they really want Milano and Edmonds kind of underneath, handling all that underneath stuff, and then bring in Neil or Raphael Bush on the you know back end of it as the big nickel option if they don't want to go with Teron Johnson covering the slot receiver moving forward. Thanks again for the great question. You can follow Nate at CTWPod on Twitter and download his podcast, Circling the Wagons, in our podcast feed. Just search for Buffalo Rumblings and hit subscribe, and then you'll see his episodes popping up once every week or so. Nate called us at 716-508-0405, and you can call and leave your questions for us there 24 hours a day, 7 days a week as well. We'll be right back after this quick break. Our Twitter question of the week comes from Matt Rowley at M-R-O-W-L-Z-Z who asks us at Rumlings Q&A Do you believe the Bills' defense can be top three overall this coming season? Let's establish the baseline for this question. The Bills were second in defensive yards allowed in 2018, but they were 26th in 2017, both under Sean McDermott and Leslie Frazier. They were 18th in points allowed in both seasons under McDermott and Frazier. So it would be a pretty big jump to think that they could be a top three defense in points allowed per game. They were second to the Ravens in yards allowed. They came in at 47.06 with the Ravens at 46.87, a difference of only, what, 20 yards or so over the course of the entire season. But the Ravens allowed 287 points and the Bills allowed 374 points. Now, a big chunk of that comes down to the huge blowout losses that the Bills had in 2018, some because of turnovers and poor quarterback play, and others just kind of flukes. But in yards per play, the Bills were third in the NFL, behind the Bears, Ravens. So that's an important statistic, but it also could just be that teams had short fields or, um, you know, things like that. Remember the point of the game isn't to get the most yards. The point of the game is to get the most points. So going back to the points allowed stat, the bills are way down the list at 18th behind the bears and Ravens. Sure. But also behind a bunch of other NFL teams. One common misconception is that the bills actually had more turnovers forced in 2018 than they did during their playoff year of 2017. The Bills were able to get their hands on the opponent's ball even more. And actually, they had 27 turnovers, good for a tie for eighth in team defense. It boils down to how can they improve their defense to get fewer points scored on them. Part of it is on offense. Part of it is the offense getting better at sustaining drives and keeping the defense off the field. But as we showed last year, that doesn't necessarily change anything because the Bills, I think, saw the fourth or fifth fewest 
plays on defense and still allowed the 18th most points. Uh, generating a better pass rush is certainly going to help. Uh, Ed Oliver added into the middle of that defensive line to get interior penetration, while Jerry Hughes and hopefully a Trent, a healthy Trent Murphy can get pass rush from the outside along with Shaq Lawson. That should help the Bills uh, on defense. Being settled at that second cornerback position, even if that means you know a, a different guy than last year, than Levi Wallace, and rolling with Kevin Johnson or EJ Gaines, or even some combination of all three of them, should improve the cornerback position. You don't have to worry about Philip Gaines giving up a bunch of you know, pass interference penalties or long gains, no pun intended, but Having that third cornerback position nailed down, having that second cornerback position nailed down, and generating a better pass rush should help the Bills on defense. It'll be nice to have Matt Milano back, full strength. Tremaine Edmonds going into his second NFL season instead of having his head swimming in his first. The defense could be really, really good this year if all of those individual pieces can take the next step in their growth and development. Thanks for the question on Twitter, at RumlingsQ&A. While we have you guys here, I wanted to mention that we did have some staff additions this month. We added, I think, three or four uh, Instagram curators who are going to be bringing some awesome Instagram content to our site. We've got Facebook moderators that are joining our team to help us out over there. We've got a couple new writers coming on board, contributing uh, to the site. So it's a really exciting time. It's just the time of year we usually do staff changes is in July, right before training camp starts. Uh, there's a post on that over at buffalorumblings.com. I'll put a link in the show notes as well. You can go check it out. But uh, I wanted to make sure that you give them a follow on social media if you're there. Or uh, just as a reminder to give us a follow on all of our social medias, we have uh, at Buff Rumblings on Twitter, Buffalo Rumblings on Instagram, uh, Buffalo Rumblings on Facebook. Uh, give us a follow there if you haven't done that. And as always, subscribe to the podcast too. Our next question comes from Twitter. Again, our show handle there is at Rumblings Q&A. And it comes from one of those new writers, Adam Nanini, who says, Do you think with the strength in cornerback depth, opposite Trey White, that he might spend less time following the opposition's number one this year and stay on one side. White actually talked about this in a great interview with the Buffalo News earlier this offseason. Here's his money quote. When I was shadowing guys, I sort of lost focus on the whole defense and just got into one-on-one battles. That's never good because you leave your teammates out to dry sometimes. It's a selfish way to play because you're going out there and you just want to dominate this one guy when overall there's a defensive scheme that you have to follow. Some plays I would get into a battle with a guy and just try to take him out, and I'd forget about there's a whole team concept. Going into this year, whenever I'm trailing guys, I won't let it happen. The way he answered subsequent questions in that article leads me to think that he's still going to be shadowing the other team's number one receiver at least a pretty good chunk of the time. Maybe not all the time, but at least a pretty good deal of the time. He's not going to be on one side versus another side. I don't think we're going to see that in the preseason. I think we might end up seeing you know, guys taking sides during the preseason. But then once the actual uh, football start flying in September during the regular season, he's probably going to be locked on that number one receiver pretty steadily throughout the entire 2019 season. 
even with EJ Gaines, Kevin Johnson, or Levi Wallace on the other side, Trey White's just too good to not be put in that position on a regular basis. Thanks for your question, Adam. Thanks for joining the Buffalo Rumbling staff as one of our newest contributors. And you can see a post about all of that over on buffalorumblings.com and in the show notes. Over to buffalorumblings.com where Bills13MCQ, one of our users over there, asked the question, who's your deep sleeper for this roster? A guy who isn't being talked about enough among Bills fans that could be in line for a good year. And that comes from the comment section of our most recent podcast over at buffalorumblings.com. There are two guys I want to talk about here, and it has more to do with opportunity than anything else. At the defensive end spot, you've got Jerry Hughes, you've got Trent Murphy, and you've got Shaq Lawson. And beyond that, it's really kind of an open book right now. Eddie Yarbrough's playing time declined over the 2018 season, and guys like Mike Love and Nate Orchard were able to start sneaking into that back end of the roster. Orchard's not around anymore, but Love is. He went from an undrafted free agent signing all the way through training camp, was released during final cuts, added to the practice squad, worked his way onto the end of the roster uh, in the last month of the season. He's got an entire offseason of weight training in front of him. He has the opportunity to do what the Bills coaches have been telling him to do, and I think he has a real chance of unseating Yarbrough as that fourth defensive end coming into training camp in 2019. Another guy at the same position is Eli Harold. He was unheralded, sorry for the bad pun, as a free agent signing this offseason, but he has a real chance to make the roster as that fourth defensive end as well. Harold has an NFL history. He's played for multiple teams um, as that kind of pass-rushing outside linebacker, not as a defensive end, but he has NFL sacks. He knows how to get into the backfield and create disruption. I think he's a guy that... You know, if he can really figure out that transition from outside linebacker to defensive end, could be really dangerous for the Bills' pass rush. So both of those guys, I think, have a, the ability to unseat Eddie Yarbrough for that fourth defensive end spot. And nobody's talking about the defensive end position for some reason, even though it's wide open. They're going to keep at least four. They might keep a fifth one, especially like uh, Harold played a ton of def- uh, special teams snaps for the Lions. So maybe he plays a lot of special teams and the Bills keep him as a fifth defensive end. But those guys are going to have the ability to make an impact on this roster, not just in training camp and in the preseason, but you know, come the regular season. So I'm looking at that fourth defensive end position for you know guys that aren't really being discussed right now everyone's focused on the offense they're focused on who's going to win the offensive line positions who's going to emerge at wide receiver what's going to happen at tight end you know what's the running back rotation going to be is Josh Allen going to improve nobody's really talking about the fourth defensive end spot or even the third defensive end spot or uh, the rest of the defensive line so that's my pick for this question thanks for asking it at buffalorumblings.com that's it for this week's episode of buffalo rumblings q and a i'd encourage you to give a listen to all of our new podcasts and old podcasts we have circling the wagons we've got breaking buffalo rumblings believe blitzed bills the nick and nolan show all great shows for you to listen to 
in addition to Buffalo Rumblings Q&A. Send us your questions for next week's episode as we really start to dial it up for training camp. We've got lots of position battles to watch, coaching decisions to monitor, and all that stuff. 716-508-0405 to leave your voicemail. Find us on the socials. Send us an email, buffalorumblings at sbnation.com. Leave a comment at the comment section at buffalorumblings.com. We look forward to answering your questions and hearing from you this week as we get into the dog days of July. Thank you.